Hi everybody, Kyle here. This week we are very proud to launch our month-long Pride event where we will be posting every Wednesday in addition to our Pride Week event taking place June 14th to the 20th. If you've been following along on our Twitter or Discord, you've probably seen us fervently support the Black Lives Matter movement. It is our duty as LGBTQ plus individuals to stand beside our black siblings during this time of need. We cannot celebrate Pride without acknowledging the ongoing fight of racial inequality and police brutality in the USA. During this time, we will no longer be promoting our personal fundraising sources and instead ask that you, our listeners, seek out organizations helping the movement at hand. There are hundreds across the country, including the Trans Justice Funding Project, LGBTQ Plus Freedom Fund, or the Okra Project. These are just a few of the black-led LGBTQ plus organizations who need your support now more than ever. With that said, today marks our first episode where we are partnered with the folks over at Heartbeat Dice. They are a LGBTQ plus and POC run company that we are so proud to be working with. If you would like to discuss any of this further, you can message us on Twitter, uh, join our Discord, or email us at info at prismpalspod.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Black Lives Matter. So, we pick up this episode after our heroes have entered the sewers, battled their way through the undead, harmonized, and stepped into the darkness surrounding this person who is using the title of the sanctuary to create undead within Malra. As the three of you step into the shadows, step into the darkness surrounding this person, there is a moment of nothingness, just silence. Gibbs, you wake up somewhere familiar, somewhere you haven't been in a long time. It's your home, but it's not the orphanage. It's not in Malra. It's not your dorm room. It's your home in Farolin. The home your family shared with two other gnomish families. The home that was a little too cramped. Not really the perfect place to raise a child, but the place you grew up. And you can smell food cooking. What would you like to do? Gibbs, uh, I don't know, where... 
in where in the house are they like their parents room living room kitchen what you're in your bed which isn't in your own room it's kind of a shared room between your parents and one of the other yeah couples in the house okay then i don't know gibbs will get up and see what what's making that smell okay you head down the stairs and immediately some things are different there aren't as many beds in the house there isn't as much clutter there are paintings uh small ones not very not very expensive or lavish ones not ones made for royalty but ones that your family could afford and in these family portraits it's just you and your parents in this house and as you head downstairs you see your father making breakfast as your mother tinkers with the mechanics of a new blueprint. Gibbs will just look around, very confused, and just out loud, I guess, to both of their parents, say, Is this a dream? Your father looks up at you, confused, and says, Of course it's not a dream, Gibbs. You just woke up, you're not dreaming. Dreams are for when you're asleep. But why are you here? Where is everybody? Everybody who? That's a good question. (laughs) I don't remember their names. Good. (laughs) Can I just make up names on the spot? Sure. I won't write them down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Wait, why did I I say I would make names up on the spot? (laughs) Um, where's Gwen? No, wait, that's already a character, isn't it? Is it? No, Quinn's a character. <laughs> okay, I give up. Just everybody, we're, it's so empty. Is it just you and mom? Why aren't you guys on the mission? When did you come back? Your mom steps over to you and looks up at you and says, Gibbs, the mission's been over for a few weeks now. We came home. And with the money that we've earned, we bought the house. How'd you get away from Yamara? We were never taken. Mm. And her hand comes out towards you. Gibbs takes a step back. This... Do you promise this is real? I promise, Gibbs. We're home. Oh, God, I don't even know how to react to this. If you want, we can move to the next scene. Yeah, because Gibbs is going to go along with this. They'd probably just nod and go see if they could help with the food. Okay. You head out and start helping with the food with your father, and you hop up onto a stool that he's placed right next to him and start messing around with chopping up veggies and tossing things onto big pot on the fire. And yeah, that's the scene that we see. Vayu, you also step into the shadow and... You find yourself at home in Ragan with the sunlight streaming into your windows with warmth and comfort. And you hear running footsteps from outside of your door, like someone's running around in the hallways. What would you like to do? They get up kind of sleepily uh very disoriented and kind of like 
peek around the corner to see who's out there. As you peek around the corner, you hear a peal of laughter as your sisters, Amala and Rhea, are chasing each other around the house. Vayu goes up to them and is like, Hey, Squirts, where's up? Where's mom? Have you seen her around? Uh, mom or mama? Both? Either? Uh, I... Are there two of them? They both give you this weird look and they say, Yeah, of of course. And Rhea steps up to you and says, Yeah, um, mom should probably be gardening outside, but I think mama's taking a nap downstairs. Okay, um... I'll see you around. And Vi goes downstairs. Okay. And they both continue running. And you head downstairs. Are you going outside or to the sort of living room, family room area that you have in the house? I'm gonna check the check the couch. Okay. First. You check the couch and you see Sachi Hadari taking a nap on the couch. Vayu just kind of stands there in awe for a minute, kind of just like overcome with a lot of emotions. They know in the back of their head that something's up, but it's hard for them to not take this moment to just look at her again. And they kind of like approach a little bit and they're like, Mom, you're you're here? And there's kind of a groan and a stretch from the couch as your mom kind of opens her eyes slowly and sits up and looks at you and says yeah kiddo I've been here for about a month now resting up for well our journey Vayu just runs up and hugs her really really tightly she hugs you back wrapping her arms around you, and we've never really talked about what your mother looks like. So could you describe her for us? Um, yeah, so she is probably half a foot shorter than Vayu. Short, but very sturdy. She has very kind, like, dark brown eyes and, like, deep brown skin um, and kind of uh, short curly hair uh, that's black and yeah I don't know she she looks like she could beat you up but would rather give you a stern talking to and mm-hmm. would like to level with you so your mom kind of scoots over on the couch making room for you to come sit and she says I came back a little while ago is everything okay did you have a nightmare again um I I don't think everything's okay. I think I need to I feel like I need to go back somewhere. I this isn't right, but I I can't believe you're here. This this can't be right. I mean, you and I are only here for a little while. I mean, you said that you wanted to go on the second journey with me, right? Or or did you want to change your mind? It's fine if you do. I'm not gonna take you away from maxi but if you want to come with me on this journey you can where where's the second journey going again 
back across the narrow seas, there's more to discover out there. Right, and what did you find the first time? Roll me a perception check. Twas an eight. There's a moment, and she looks at you and says, Are you okay? We've talked about this a million times. I know I'm acting weird, but I just... Will you just repeat it again for my sake? Oh, yeah, sure. Come on, I'll take you to the kitchen, I'll make you some tea. We can talk about it over that. Okay. And she stands up, very sturdy, very stocky, and easily pulls you off the couch and takes you over the kitchen and puts a kettle on the stove. And we will cut over to Holland. Oh no. Holland, you step into darkness and you open your eyes and you find yourself in the center of a storm. These rolling, dark shadow clouds all around you. And hunched over the ground of this raised platform is a figure with a cloak with the symbol of the sanctuary on its back. And you hear a voice cold and malicious stretch out towards you saying, Finally, my lost sheep has returned. Is it just me, or is Thomas there too? It's just you. Why didn't he come too? <laughs> I thought we were in this together! And this figure stands up from where they've been bending over the ground, and you can see that what they've been doing is breaking into the ground, almost chiseling away at the earth underneath this place. And you can see this stone cracked and broken, but underneath it, just peeking through, is a glint of metal. Some sort of metallic device. And this hooded figure turns around towards you and pulls off their hood. And you see a familiar face. One who's older than the last time you saw him. You see Father Paul, the man who ran the sanctuary. Why? Why here? Why now? I'll be honest, it's a delightful coincidence, you being here. But why here? Well, the answer is because of that. Looking down at this silver metal beneath the ground he says there is something inside that trap that i want you see i have a gift that was given to me many years ago and he reaches into a part of this robe and pulls out a familiar object the tome of the lich king you see i was unlucky enough not to be born with the ability to use magic, unfortunately. And what this lovely book has taught me is how to harness it from other creatures, people, animals, magical beings. And I need your magic. 
All of this was for me? You put in all of this work for me. Not for you specifically. For someone like you. You see, I studied you for years. Your connection with what you are. Thanks, I feel so honored. You should be. Because you were an outlier in all of my research. For some reason, you had a deeper font of magic than any of the others who were lucky enough to enroll at my home for lost children. And you plan on doing what with my magic, father? Why, doing what needs to be done. Releasing the Lich King. Really? That's your plan? Like, not world domination, or like... Oh, I have no need to control the world. After all, this tome already talks about the Lich King's plans, what he'd done, and... It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And I want to see that plan come to fruition. This world is... broken. Chaotic. The Lich King could fix it all. Maybe even fix you. Uh... Ooh. I haven't heard that in a while. You think someone named the Lich King is going to be able to fix all this mess? See, it's been a while since I've seen you and I've talked to you. and It's, it's kind of, I have to readapt to how, hmm, how to politely say this. Stupid you are. Uh, see, we're on the, we're on the, my, my friends and I, the ones you have somewhere here, I guess. Uh, we're... We're on the, the, the path to try to fix this, I think. Uh, that is the end goal. We're, we're making really good progress with uh, trying to figure out who's behind all this and what caused it and why it's going on. And we're doing great. And we're doing it really well. And we're not doing it in a way that uh, hurts people, makes people feel bad, calls them, uh, hmm, fixable? So... I have more faith in us than the Lich King, whoever that is, whatever they do. If you like it, tells me all I need to know. Um, so, don't see your plan working very well, just so you know. He kind of takes a step around you, almost not trying to get behind you or hurt you, but a sort of pacing around you. No one could ever understand the brilliance of this, of what I've read, what I've seen, the truth that this book has shown me. What is that truth? That life is a worthy sacrifice for balance. Everything I've done has been to fix what has been broken in this world. It's not my fault that you're so short-sighted that you can't see the forest for the trees. You see, you think we're broken. You always have. You always told us we were broken. And for a while there, I, I have to admit, I believed you. I believed what you said. Um, there was a few of us who did properly. But over time, um, as I've grown older, and as I've met more people like me and uh, more people in the world and have experienced more outside of your very wonderful home that you made for us. Thank you so much for teaching me all those things and introducing me to all these wonderful people. Yeah. I've learned a lot. Um, most recently, I learned um, that we are not broken because we've been here 
for a long time. And I know you might not believe this. You might not like think that I'm telling you the truth right now. But we were here ages ago. And then something happened. I don't know what happened. But something happened. And we disappeared for a while. And then the big... the, the the gouging happened and we came back and that kind of fixed a lot of things it made mess things up too and we're trying to fix the things that it messed up but the people that are came out of it not broken just finally seen finally back so me and my friends um are doing great and uh we don't need you to fix us or your lich king to fix us and um i i just have to say um I feel really, really bad right now because like I got this cut and this cut and this bruise. Um, it hurts a lot. But you say you're not strong. You say you're not uh, uh, magical like me, and I am. So um, yeah, Holland. Uh, the, the, the Holland lights up like a Christmas tree. Um, and that's gonna be his uh, rating consumption activating. Not in panic, but. In a planned moment, correct? Yes. Okay. Tell me what I need to do. I radiate bright light in 10 foot radius and dim light in 20. So I don't know what that does to the storm. And then at the end of each of my turns, everyone, including myself, takes three radiant damage. And then I can, when I attack someone or deal spells, I can deal extra radiant damage. But... Um, I'm also going to, because this is like a turn, quote unquote, that's mm -hmm. an action, bonus action. I'm going to heal myself with a healing word because I am hurting. I wasn't lying about that. That's going to be a third level healing word because I need it. Holland, I want you to do one more thing for me. What? I want you to roll me a gay d20. No bonuses, no modifiers, just a d20. That's a natural one. <laughs> okay. Also, please just take an inspiration for that speech because that was primo material. So, Holland, this bright light radiates out of you, burning yourself, but also Father Paul. Oh yeah, I take damage too, I forgot about that. Yeah, you take just a little bit of damage. Creating light around you and trying to burn the shadows. Holland, I will let you pick one ally who stepped into the shadows to emerge as your light burns away a piece of it. I saw, I'm sorry, y'all. It's gotta be Thomas. Thomas falls out of the shadow, more or less. Gets up. Looks at you. Looks at Father Paul. And says... I came here to kick butt and be gay, and guess what? I'm already gay. You were waiting to use that? Yes. Holland sees time. He's like, oh, hey, I was I was trying to be dramatic like you do. So you see, that's what this is. The, the, the light. <laughs> he gives you a thumbs up and a smile, and I need you to roll me initiative. That's awesome. A natural one, and this die is going into jail. <laughs> So that's technically a zero, because you have a minus one to dex. Yes, it is! <laughs> okay. Ghibli. You've been having a morning with your parents. Started with breakfast. 
your parents have kind of moved into their workshop, which used to be cluttered with a bunch of other things, but now they have a dedicated work area within this house. What are you doing? Oh man, that's a good question. I'm I'm really still trying to wrap my mind around how Gibbs is like feeling right now. Because I know that they don't entirely believe this. Mm-hmm. But they entirely want this. Mm-hmm. So Gibbs is gonna go up to their dad and peek at his work and say, What you making? Uh, working on some new designs for the new ship. The new... What, what new ship? Uh, the new ship that's going on the new mission. There's a second mission that's being organized, and your mother and I aren't going, but we can at least provide some of our work for it. I really missed working in the working on stuff with you. Well, pull up a chair and get started. You know, I I was working on that on that telescope you designed. Roll me a perception check. Fifteen. Fifteen. You notice two things. There's a moment. Where your father almost pauses for a second. It's slight. It's just for a fraction of a second. But you see it. And it's not like stops moving and thinks about it. It is like a freeze in place. The second thing you hear. The second thing you notice. Is a distant sound. One that is so familiar to you. You hear... (laughs) I know you said it was, like, distant, but did it come from, like, the direction of Gibbs' dad? Nope. Came from outside of this room. Okay. And as you realize that, you realize you haven't seen Cinderella at all. Oh, no, I know. Gibbs is is fully aware. No, I know. Okay, alright. I was just making sure. No, Gibbs... Here's the uwu, and kind of sighs, and then takes a deep breath, and hugs their dad, and kind of like hides their face in his shirt. Mm-hmm. And your dad just pats you on the back, and goes to pick you up, and says, "What's up, kiddo? Want to sit on the table?" <laughs> and Gibbs is like sniffling, and then wiping their eyes, and says. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, Gibbs. And I, I wanna, I wanna stay here and and help you here, but but I, I love you, so I, I need to find a way to leave. Gibbs, you don't have to leave. Yes, I do, because you're not you, and mom's not mom, and you guys are in trouble, and I can't just. I can't just stay here and pretend everything's okay when it's not. Ooh. And that's Cinderella, and she's gonna help me, and she's gonna help me save you. And your father's face almost freezes for another second before it, like, twists back into place of where it was a few seconds ago, and you hear the same phrase repeated, you can stay here forever. No. You can stay here forever. No! Forever. No! As you shout 
No. There is a sound of a wall tearing down as Cinderella strums into the room going, Ooh, Ooh yeah. No, she says, oh yeah. And your father and this place in an instant shatter like pieces of glass in space. And Cinderella comes up to you and you see her get down and look at you in this darkness and go, oh. And Gibbs uh, smiles a little bit and says back, oh, well. Fayu, you are in the kitchen and your mother is talking about the mission in these confusing terms uh describing fantastical things you never heard of but not so fantastical considering what you've already experienced um i want you to roll me a intelligence check here and i know you're not very smart i was gonna say i believe that is my lowest stat (laughs) however i did get a 16 okay You're beginning to realize some inconsistencies in your mom's story. Pieces of it doesn't make sense based on, like, timing-wise and when she says it is now and just certain things aren't matching up with what you know about the mission, about the world in general, and it's strange. And it's definitely off, but your mother seems happy to tell you about this as she regales you of a fight with pirates across from this unknown land that they'd never been to before, that no one had ever heard of. But there's something wrong. Vayu, when she kind of like comes to a a stopping point at some point, is like, uh, Mom, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up, kiddo? Again, this is just for my sake, but, um, can you tell me, uh, how you got me again? And there's a moment, another pause. Um, this one you notice because it's a little longer. And she says, well, we adopted you from an orphanage. Right. Vayu just, like, stands up from the table suddenly and they're like, Stop this. Stop. You need to stop playing with me. Honey, I'm not playing with you. No, I... You don't know how badly I want to believe you, but you... Stop pretending to be my family, you sick freak. And your mother's head moves and freezes and almost seems to glitch. And she says, I love you. I don't believe you. Do you love me? I have to go. And as you say I have to go, this image shatters. And you find yourself standing in this darkness. Hey everyone, Kyle here. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you're enjoying it so far. We're really proud of it. 
Speaking of pride, we are proud to partner with Heartbeat Dice. They are an LGBTQ plus focused dice and accessories company with designs for everyone in the community. Check them out on Twitter at Heartbeat Dice and on their website, heartbeatdice.ecwid.com. That was heartbeatdice.ecwid.com. Be sure to use the code PRISMPALS at checkout for 10% off your purchase. A portion of all Heartbeat Dice sales go to LGBTQ charities, so you can truly roll with pride. You can find all this info and more in our show notes. Now, back to the episode. And Holland, we are starting at the top of the round. So not me. Not you. In fact, with Father Paul. And Father Paul looks at you and Thomas and holds out a hand towards you both. Actually, no, just towards you, probably. Yeah, just towards you. And is gonna cast a spell. Uh, That is going to be a... It's definitely not going to hit you with your AC of 5 million. Um, that's a 16 to hit. <laughs> that was... <laughs> no. Okay. He holds up his hand to fire this spell at you, and you see this ghostly hand almost approach you and seem to grab onto you, but you quickly slam your shield against it and knock, a- knock it away. Uh, up next is Thomas, who legitimately... Pulls out his pistol and just fires twice uh, towards Father Paul. And what is Paul's AC? I don't think it's very good. No, Paul does not have good AC. Good. Rip Paul. Oh, never mind. He did not roll very good damage. Okay. Thomas fires twice at Father Paul. And you watch as he begins to step out of the way of these gunshots. And then Thomas is going to step over next to you and be like, think we got this or what's the current vibe right now? We've got this. Okay. Holland, it is your turn. So I don't see Vayu or Gibbs yet, so it's just us two, right? Just you two. And how big is this clearing that we're in? Clearing is about 20 feet or so. Okay, so I'm going to use Forge's Blessing and hope that I don't hurt anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to target uh, Thomas and I as the friendlies because I do need to heal myself some more. Okay. Um, so I think like I think the light flaring from Holland just like sparks out a little more with a little more flavor to it. Um, so I'm just going to do... I'm going to cast Forge's Blessing at second level. It's my last second level spell slot. And what's the radius of Forge's Blessing again? 30 feet. 30 feet. What'd you roll? That's 20. 20, fantastic. So we heal 17 because we take 3 damage from radiant consumption. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to take 26 damage. 26 damage? Because radiant consumption does an extra. Well, actually, 29 because it's 6 extra on top of the 3. Okay. And he did fail his saving throw, just as an FYI. He rolled real poorly. At the end of your turn, at the top of the round, we hear two shouts from this darkness. You hear Gibbs yell no, and you hear Vayu 
I was really hoping you wouldn't ask because I don't remember. I think I said I have to go. Yeah, it was like, I need to get out of here. You hear Vayu yell, I have to go. As two spaces in this shadowy darkness are blasted away. And Gibbs and Vayu are now within reach of you all. I'm a, Holland would shout like, Gibbs, Vayu, follow the light. I'm over here. Vayu and Ghibli, please roll me initiative. It's 17. Ghibli, what'd you get for your initiative? Uh, 10. 10. So, top of the round. Now that Vayu and Gibbs, you're about 10, 20 feet away from uh, where Thomas and Holland are fighting this strange man who you've never met before. Um, you think that you could probably make it there in your movement on your turns. But up first is Father Paul, who now seeing that two more people have broken his illusion, holds up a single hand and says, Fine, if you won't give me the magic, I'll extract it out of all of you. And slams his hand to the ground that is crackling with this green sickly energy i need everyone to roll me a constitution saving throw fire what'd you get got a nat 20 cool good uh good holland what did you get 21 ghibli what did you get 19 19 okay this cloud of sickly green smoke pours out of Paul's hands and begins to spread in a circle around him, creeping towards you. And as it approaches each of you, it begins to wrap around you and try and pull life from you. All of you are going to take 16 poison damage on a successful save. Poison does not affect Cinderella. I was going to ask if Cinderella was even there. And should she have made a saving throw? She is there, but poison she is immune to. Because she is a construct. And she cannot be poisoned. So as he does that, you can see this magic pulled away from you in different colors. And it begins to swirl around him. And as his hands touch this almost distortion of the air the colors that you've all sort of summoned from your bodies turns black and is pulled into his hands i need all of you to well not all of you because one of you doesn't have any spell slots i need two of you with spell slots to mark off one of your spell slots is spent gibbs doesn't cast spells anyway (laughs) valid vayu i need you to remove one of your key points down to one, baby. Mm-hmm. Up now is going to be Vayu. I am going to do something that doesn't require a key point, which, shocker, is hit him with my staff. Okay. Fantastic. That's a 24 to hit. That's gonna hit. That's six damage. Fantastic. Six damage. Then I'm gonna hit him again. Dare ya. Uh, so that's a 25 to hit. 25. So I would hope that that would work. Yes. And then that's seven more damage. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a bonus action to hit him 
with a kick. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna headbutt him. It doesn't. It doesn't affect the damage. I just like it. I just think the vibe of it is cool. Valid. Sixteen to hit. Sixteen does not hit. Great. That's that on that. Okay. Your turn ends. You having hit him twice and missing your headbutt as he pulls away from you. Up next is going to be Thomas, who once again is going to fire twice. Two nat 20s. Hey, Thomas, be gay. Fight crime. So he fires twice and gets a nat 20 on both of them, which that has only happened to me very few times. So that'll be a lot of damage, a lot of damage. So Thomas fires twice, having taken his second hand to aim and hold himself steady. He waits for a moment between when Vayu strikes and then fires two bullets and they fly clean forward and graze the sides of Paul twice. And Paul falls to the ground for a moment as that dark energy you had seen before begins to sort of bubble up from his skin almost like bubbling sweat and this darkness begins to appear almost taking shape around him and holland you knowing what is in the ground or knowing that there's something related to the lich king begin to see almost a connection between Paul and this metal trap or whatever is down there as this dark shadow connects the two of them and Paul's arms begin to change into these long spindly arms made of black ichor and this face almost appears around his with his face in the chest of this creature as the necromantic magic comes to life around Paul. So is his phase two of the boss fight. This is phase two of the boss fight, and you'll never guess what's about to happen. At the end of Thomas's turn, the living necromancy takes a legendary action. Gross. (laughs) Don't, don't do like that. that. No. And holding Goodbye, up a claw, it is going to strike towards Vayu. That is a 19 to hit. Yeah. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. It was a nat one. No! Two pieces. It's okay, I was going to get knocked no! out anyway. I get knocked down. Hey, you don't, don't get, get up, up again. <laughs> I maybe get up again. You are going to take... Eight slashing damage. Okay. Is that it? Nope. And <laughs> you would hope. Eight necrotic damage. Yeah, I'm down. Vayu is conked out. Up next is going to be Gibbs. This monstrous creature has just risen from the body of Father Paul. You don't know that's his name, but that's fine. Um, he looks like a Paul. He looks like a Paul. Uh, and just attacked Vayu, and Vayu falls to the ground unconscious. What would you like to do? Oh, boy. Ghost of Vayu is saying that they have a chalice in their pocket that if you put water in it will heal them. 
so you don't have to use a potion that's in their pocket. But that was just a ghost that whispered that in your brain. Would it would it be like an action to find the chalice and use it? Or I would say it's a bonus action to find it. It's an action to use it. So okay. basically take your turn. Then, yeah, that is what Gibbs is going to do. Like, they were definitely ready to just attack this dude. But as soon as Vayut went down, Gibbs runs over to them to do that. You search Vayu and you find the chalice quite easily. It is the same chalice that Mistress Aqualis gave you. And you pour some water from a water skin into it and feed it to Vayu. And Vayu, you can roll your healing. Okay, I have 12 hit points. Okay, so at the end of Gibbs's turn... Is Cinderella. Is Cinderella. Yes, please go ahead. I kind of lost track with like the whole um, dreamscape scenario... Because Cinderella was holding the book mm-hmm. and then put it down to fight. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if she has it now or not. I don't think so. Well, you do notice that the father Paul that is now inside of this creature of dark energy is holding the book. But it is like latched into this oily creature. Um. Okay. So Cinderella's gonna do as Cinderella does. Well, that I'm gonna guess is not gonna hit, as that is a seven. <laughs> you have inspiration. Yeah, but I also have another attack. Okay, fine. All right. I guess dealing as much damage as possible isn't that important right now. <laughs> Please go ahead. That is uh, the papa sixteen. Sixteen does not hit. Uh, as this creature just sort of steps back and its claws almost parry the attack from Cinderella. With that being said, legendary action is going to make an attack against Cinderella. Oh no. I'm going to assume that a 15 hits. Uh, well, I don't know. If I say it doesn't hit, would you believe me? If you say it doesn't hit, I would pull up the brown bear stats and make sure you're... Yeah, it hits. Okay. (laughs) That is going to be uh, 14 slashing damage. And it's not going to be any necrotic damage because Cinderella's a construct and can't take necrotic damage. And Cinderella's also, like, on the ground now. (laughs) Okay. It was slashing damage, you said? Slashing damage, yep. Okay, because I imagine literal, like bolts and bits like Mm -hmm. fall apart (laughs) there are just like claw marks across the metal yeah um and cinderella falls the end of your turn and the end of the legendary action it is now holland's turn um question dm a spell that is used as a bonus action i can only cast that on a turn i do not cast a spell as my main action i have to do something else for my main action correct yes unless one of those spells is a cantrip okay so I'm going to walk over to Thomas, mm-hmm. um, and Holland places his hand on uh, on Thomas's gun and like pulls the shield up, and he's like, and he says, "Do that again," and he charges the gun, and he's going to do a harmonic action and throw a guiding bolt into it. Okay, uh, you are going to have to spend two inspiration, one for yourself, one for Thomas. Um, do you want to put any extra effects on it? 
can I throw my um, reading consumption in it? Sure. Yeah. Does that cost inspiration, or can I just yes, do that? Yes, it'll cost one inspiration. Uh, and will this only affect the one attack, or can I do it so it affects both attacks? I will say, you can spend the second inspiration for mm-hmm. radiant consumption on both attacks, not the guiding bolt on both attacks. Okay, got it. So, everyone around me takes three damage at the end of the turn because of radiant consumption on my turn. How far around do you? Ten feet. Ten feet. Uh, they would be fine then. Because they're like 15 feet in front of you. There's a little bit of space between you and this creature. And then I'm throwing the radiant consumption, extra damage, and the guiding bolt into Thomas. Yep. That won't go off until Thomas's turn, but mm-hmm. we will get there. Beginning of the round, it is the necrotic beast. It is going to attack Vayu because Vayu is right there. Um, that is going to be... A 19 to hit you. Yeah. Constitution saving throw. That was better. So, for the just flat regular damage, that is going to be 12 slashing damage. Alright, don't waste your breath. I'm down again. You're down again. Okay. Vire, you're back down. For the second (sighs) attack, it is going to attack Gibbs. Of course. So, it actually isn't that great of an attack. That's only a 13 to hit. It misses. Okay. So, this one claw goes towards Vayu and slashes them, and they fall unconscious again. And the second claw goes towards Gibbs, and as it slashes towards you, Gibbs, you take a step back, and the claw just goes across air. Up next is Vayu. Vayu, I need a conviction saving throw from you. Can I use inspiration? Probably not. You can. We've ruled that you can. (sighs) I'm going to. <laughs> Was it a nat one? It might have been. <laughs> oh, boy. We could have lost by you right then and there. That was a 16. So that is a success. Mark your success. Great. Up next, legendary action. Gonna attack Gibbs again. Love that. Love it for you, too. Uh, that is going to be a 16 to hit. Yeah, that meets. Okay, I need a constitution saving throw from you. Nat 20. Not 20. That's good, but you're still going to take some damage. Yeah. You were going to take 17 slashing damage as the creature's claws rake across your scale mail, not hitting you, but cutting up the mail of it. Um, But you see this necrotic energy almost reach out for you, but you manage to step back out of the way. No, Gibbs manages to fall down to the ground. Gibbs falls to the ground. As their armor is shattered slightly. Holland, Thomas points the gun at this beast, having watched Cinderella, Ghibli, and Vayu fall. Holland, what do you say to Thomas as the two of you see this scene and you point the pistol at this beast? I think Holland just reiterates what he was saying earlier. And, like, firm hand on the gun and just looking at the creature in the eyes, just saying, we are not broken. Holland, as you say this to Thomas, and Thomas is holding the gun, and you see your friends on the ground, 
hurt, but okay, kind of, for now. You feel a memory bubble up. One that you haven't thought of in a long time. You remember yourself younger in this very room, in fact. Or at least this actual room where it was in the sanctuary with all the other people who were here. And you find yourself sitting on your bed. But you're not looking out from your own eyes. You're viewing the scene as you, a grown-up, seeing yourself sitting on this bed, sad and in tears. Holland, how do you feel in this moment? It's a mixture of pity and sadness towards how he felt years ago and where that little boy is at the moment but also a there's a glimmer a light of hope that holland knows that it doesn't always feel like this and as you feel those emotions these memories of what it felt like being here how alone it was you feel a touch a hand on a shoulder And it is a familiar sense, one you've gotten to know well, because it's Forge. You haven't heard from them since the events at the volcano. You haven't felt their presence with you since then. But Forge is there in this moment. Holland puts one hand on on his shoulder where Forge is and like, I guess, does he feel it, or is this like... You feel it. You feel a physical hand on your shoulder. Okay, he like holds that hand, and he puts his hand on Baby Holland's shoulder. And you see, for a moment, a figure appear in this memory. Not one that you remember, but you see an outline of maroon flame behind yourself. This little Holland holding onto his shoulder, and you see Forge lean in and whisper so quietly, There are brighter days ahead. How does young Holland react? Not really hearing it, but sort of a sense of calm. I think baby Holland kind of stifles a cry and then, like, looks up at whoever it was and says, I hope so. I really hope so. And as Baby Holland says that, you are pulled back into the moment, into the now, and you see just for a second on top of your hand that's holding onto Thomas's gun, Forge's hand appears. Heat and warmth, and then a shot rings through the darkness. Hey everyone, it's Kyle again. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Prison Pals. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps boost the show to more people. Be sure to check out our friends over at Heartbeat Dice and use the code PRISONPALS to get 10% off your purchase. Also, 
Heartbeat Dice is currently funding their second Kickstarter featuring Metal Pride Dice, a Sharp Edge set, and other accessories. They're all absolutely gorgeous and you should definitely take a look. If you'd like to be a part of our community, you can join our Discord, that link is also in the show notes, or you can follow us on Twitter. These are the best places to keep up to date on all things Prism Pals. Now today, in honor... Now today, in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement... We will not be featuring an artist. We encourage you to seek out organizations to donate to or to further educate yourself on this movement and why it matters so much. Thank you, everybody. See you next time.